if you know the story of Moses and dividing the Red Sea, um, he trusted that the walls of the water will stay separated as they walk across. Yeah. I just think of the, like the fish just swimming and then all of a sudden they, they just can't go anywhere because there's a giant block. <laughs> well, imagine the big towering of water on both sides of you. Yeah. Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are unified in God's word, reaching, teaching, strengthening, and nurturing both those who know Jesus and those who are shackled in bondage, looking for freedom through the blood of Christ. I'm your host, Philip Skeens, and alongside me, my wonderful son and co-host, Daniel Skeens. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Breaking Chains podcast. Welcome back to part two of the lesson, Full Trust Ahead. In the first part of this lesson, we looked at the three truths of trusting God, which were trusting God's name, trusting God's word, and trusting God's son, Jesus Christ. We will now continue this lesson with Pastor Robert and Daniel as we pick up with the story of Habakkuk from the Old Testament. Now let's listen in to how his confusion and frustration turned into a miraculous and joyful praise. You know, how often do we get frustrated, confused about the situation or circumstance we're in? Even sometimes we get mad that we have to wait on the answers or wait to get out of a season or wait to get over this obstacle. And, um, you know, in those times we have to ask, do we really always trust God? Do we trust or do we only trust him until we feel like, hey, you know what? This has been too long. I'm just going to go my way. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Trusting the three truths that we have to trust. And then we're going to see those um, trust put into action from uh, a story in the word. So the three truths that we're going to share today is we are required to trust and we're not required to know, but we need to trust in God's name. We must trust in God's word and we have to trust in God's son, Jesus Christ. You know, it's second Peter chapter one and it's a lot. Um, it's verses two through nine, but I want to read this because when I was preparing for this, what um, what was revealed to me, and it's something I never saw before, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Remember those two words. Whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Remember those two words. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And and lust is not just um, what we think of lust is, but lust is what you just spoke of, uh, Pastor Robert. You know, doing things your own way because your desire is greater than his Mm -hmm. desire, that's a lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith and virtue, and to virtue knowledge, 
verse 6, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. So there's a the continued chain here. Verse 7, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these be in you and abound, they make you, you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this again, what we're talking about is how do we gain that knowledge? Verse 9, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now the four words that um, that we said to to remember: virtue is a conformity to a standard or a right. It's a moral. It's a moral excellence, and it's a power of something, a thing. The glory. <laughs> It's a state of great gratification or exaltation. Great beauty, splendor, and happiness of heaven. Now, if we go back up to uh, verse 3, it says, Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to a conformity, to a standard, to a moral, to a moral excellence. That's what we've been called for. Mm-hmm. And that virtue, uh, you, you know, and glory. And he's called us to a state of great gratification or exalt, uh, exaltation, to splendor and happiness of heaven. Uh, wow. I mean, that's what we're called for. You know, to the divine nature is relating to or proceeding directly from God. And it's in it's his inherent character of a person or thing, the divine nature. I mean, if we have those things, how can we not trust his name? It's a. Uh, if we can't trust his name, we can't trust his word. That's right. Because it leads us into the next one. Because, uh, sorry, I didn't know. I wasn't trying to lead no, us I into mean, the next one. No, I mean, that's right, but, though. But it's 100%. You're 100% accurate. It, it because uh, God's word was inspired by him, by God. It's inspired. It wasn't written by Yes, there's many authors, but they were all inspired by God. God's word is infallible. God's word, that means it is 100% true. Yes. There is nothing in that in the, in God's word that is false. Everything I mean, look at all the prophecies fulfilled in the Old Testament with just Jesus alone. With Jesus coming and being born of, of a virgin in a manger in a town of Bethlehem. Yep. 
uh, there, there are countless prophecies that have been fulfilled. All are true. There are still some in Revelation and stuff that have not come to pass yet, but we trust that it is infallible. What the Word of God says and what God inspired these authors to write was without error, was without, uh, was 1000% true and inspired by him because, and I look at that and I, and I read it and it changes it. The word changes me because the Lord doesn't want me to stay where I'm at. And every time I read his word, he com- he changes me to mold me closer to him. Yep. That's what his word does. Without his word, I can't be renewed. I'm not going to be renewed. And then I'm going to fall back into my wicked ways. That's right. Because... Then I'm going to lean on my own understanding. Then I'm going to do what I once did because I'm not getting renewed and getting the word to renew my mind. And I get emotional because I look, I look behind and I see the progress and the growth from when I gave my life to the Lord and rededicated at 20 years old. That 11-year gap, that 11-year span, I should say, because I'm 31 now, almost 32. <laughs> I see that. I see the progress, and that's how I could say thank you, Jesus. Because if I just keep plowing ahead and just saying, "Man, I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to get better," because yeah, that's true. That's all true. I have to get better. But I have to take the time and praise him for where where I once was. That's right. Because if I just keep pushing ahead, I'm going to burn myself out. If I don't rejoice, that's where the rejoicing in him always is saying, thank you, Jesus, for being there. Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving me where I was at in the muck, in the dirt, in the mud, struggling and drowning in a puddle. Thank you, Jesus, for not being there, for being there with me. That's how I could trust Mm -hmm. because I see him in my everyday life. It's a continued trust. And you could you imagine, you know, uh, I look at myself too, right? And the ruin that we would have, you know, if you didn't have that, what you just talked about that transformation and change of experience into who you are today. And we're not, we're not finished yet, right? None Mm -hmm. of us are because it's a continual work to continue transform. If we continue in, you know, we, we've talked about that several times. We have to continue in this walk because without the continuation of this walk, I'm, I'm incomplete. Yep. You know, but can you, you, are far enough ahead now to look back and say, 
man, if I wouldn't have made the change and followed Jesus Christ, where would I be? Would I be alive? <laughs> yeah. You know, what kind of mess would I be in? Yep. We all have that crossroad. Mine was at Absolutely. 19 years old. I had a crossroad to go to a Bible study or to continue living my life the way I was. And at 19 years old, I was not, <laughs> I was not living my what, life for What's Jesus. a Bible study? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually had that question. What's a Bible study? <laughs> What's a Bible? And so, but I had that crossroads, but I, I, there were people in my life who I said, all right, this person wouldn't lead me astray. So I said, all right, well, I'll check out this Bible study. 12 years later, because I could tell you a Bible study would be the last place that I would be at 19 years old for how I was living. Right. Uh, Daniel, uh, Romans 5, 13, 15, 13, sorry. You want to take us to the last point, the last truth about trusting in the Son of God. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. The God of hope, trust the one you depend on in confidence. It's going to fill you with all joy, the experience of great pleasure, the source of delight and peace, free from agitation of mind or spirit. In believing, entrusting your spiritual well-being to him, to Jesus Christ, that you may abound, you're going to overflow, you're going to make abundant, you're going to make excellent through the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Trusting is trusting is ideal. It's uh, it's there's there's always a struggle in your mind. It's a struggle in your mind. That is the first step, because. We want to see it. We want to be able to have control over it because we're all humans. We're all human beings. We want, we want that control. Now, the God of hope, trust, the one that you depend on in confidence to fill you with all joy, the experience of great pleasure, the source of delight, and peace. That's free from the agitation or mind, of mind or spirit. In believing... And trusting your spiritual well-being to Christ, that you may abound, you're going to overflow, you're going to make abundant or excellent through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's the promise. And that's what we have to trust in. Yep. Go ahead, Daniel. And uh, I got a story about trusting in the Lord. And normally, a lot of people use the uh, reference of Peter walking to Jesus on the water for trust. And while that's good, I want to share Exodus 14. Um, verses 14 through uh, we'll go to 16 right now but it reads the Lord himself will fight for you just stay calm then the Lord says to Moses why are you coming out to me or crying out to me tell your people to get moving 
Bring up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites could walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I think that's such a good example of trust because if you know the story of Moses and dividing the Red Sea, um, he trusted that the walls of the water will stay separated as they walk across. Yeah. I just think of the, like the fish just swimming and then all of a sudden they, <laughs> they just can't go anywhere because there's a giant block. <laughs> well, imagine the big towering of water on both sides of you. Yeah. Yeah. And just say, okay, God, I trust you. What if you could see the fish in there swimming? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got off topic. Oh, yeah, you're me fine. too. Me too. I have a mind of a kindergartner. Yeah, me too. But my <laughs> I first think we thing all with, do. my first thing with that story was what about the fish? Like the fish just went like like <laughs> like the fish are just minding their own business. Hey, swimming. What's going on here? Yeah, what's going on? Why hey, can't I go? My my family's my, my <laughs> little school of fish is over there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess God tells the fish and, and all the creatures of the sea, just be patient, right? Just trust me. I got this. <laughs> yes. When these people get across the Red Sea, I'll put everything back to the way it was. I think I have one more thought. Um, I think it's a good visual on sometimes you don't see where to go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you walk up to the sea and you have nowhere else to go. And you just have to put in your trust in God to show you the way across. No, I think it's, and we can apply that to our everyday lives, right? Because we're all standing at the the edge of the sea in some way, some shape, some form. And we're going to rely on God to get us through that sea, right? It's just like we talked about um, with the Goliaths in our life, right? The the sea's no different. You know, we have to conquer the Goliath. We have to part the sea and get through it. And we can't do either without the trusting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. But there was a man in times of old, and his name was Habakkuk. What do you know about Habakkuk? Not, not a, um, a Bible that many lessons are taught from not a story in the Bible that many lessons are taught from not some a name that you hear a lot um, but I want to chalk it up it's hard to pronounce his name <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I had to practice <laughs> I've been dealing with uh, with the story of Habakkuk for the last week and if you if you don't read through the Bible, or you don't know where it's at, it's hard to find uh, because it's only three chapters long. It's not like Psalms where there's like, what, 147 yeah. Psalms or something yeah. like that? Or, yeah, it's or like, the book of Isaiah yeah. or, you know, one of these big books that you can just kind of flip the pages and yeah. and hopefully land there. Matthew. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's short, but it's such a, an incredible story because... Habakkuk had a problem. Actually, he had two problems. And um, it really is that he had to trust the Lord. 
And we're going to read out of um, out of Habakkuk, and we're going to start with chapter 1 and verses 1 through 4. But I encourage you to read the entire three chapters. It's not very long, but it's a... Uh, it's a great story and the first two chapters are basically questioning God and why things are what they are and then the third one is really showing okay I trust you God you know I trust you Lord but we're gonna get reading um, chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 who wants to read I'll read it uh, starting at 1 the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou shew me in iniquity? Might be butchering the uh, pronunciation, but we'll carry on. And cause me to behold grievance, for spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that rise up or raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Yeah, just the way King James. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> the King James is uh, you know, but but it's really it's hard to understand, but it really I think the King James shows and we kind of bounce between translations and and a lot of these scriptures. But the King James to me just kind of showed a little bit more directly of how Habakkuk is challenged right now. Um, he was burdened. He didn't know why that what's going on here is being allowed, right? Yep. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry to you? How long are you not going to hear me? Even though I'm crying out to you about the violence and, and all the things that's going on, there's no judgment. There's no law here that's fixing it. Why are you not saving these people he didn't understand it he there was such a just a abusive and flagrant violation of God's law and there was nothing being done to the people so when he asked God you know why are you showing me all these things all this grief and this violence why you know, so I think the first lesson is what he sees and and realizes is now he's going to question God. God, why why are you letting this go on? I know you have a plan, but you need to fix this. You need to step in and use your judgment against these people and and fix all the violence that's going on. God's first response to him, um, verses 5 and 6. Behold ye among the heathen, 
and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though I'm telling it to you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which will march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not even theirs. God is sending the Babylonians to conquer the land of Judah because of its corruptness and sin. And because of that, now Habakkuk's even more confused. He's like, you know, in the verses 12 through 15, Robert, you want to read that one? So this is his second problem, right? So now he's, he didn't understand, but now he's really confused. Are you not from time everlasting? Lord, my God, my Holy One, we will not die. You, Lord, have appointed them to deliver judgment. And you, O Rock, have destined, to pun- destined them to punish Your eyes are too pure to look at evil, and you cannot look at harm favorably. Why do you look favorably at those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? Why have you made people like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler over them, the Calhegians? Bring them, bring all of them up with a hook, drag them away with their net, and gather them together in their fishing net. Therefore, they rejoice and are joyful. So he's really confused, and he knew that God was against the Babylonians because of all their sinful ways and their abomination. but And they were even more corrupt than what Ju- Judah was. So he's saying, whoa, hey God, you mean you're going to destroy us with the people who is worse than these people? What? I don't understand. What are you doing? What are you saying that you're going to do? You're just going to allow these terrible people to just Come in and, and, and wipe out the people of Judah. I don't I don't understand. You know, help me understand. Why why are you doing these things? You know, I put my trust in you and now you're telling me that this is gonna happen. <laughs> and then God responds again. And his second response is a thing of beauty as God's responses typically are so Habakkuk went up on a, a stand or, or a watchtower and uh, was waiting for God to answer this challenge and this confusion and this question to him and God said I will stand upon my watch and set me, or, or Habakkuk says, I will stand up on my watch and set up on the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me 
and I will shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain, that he may, that he may run that readeth it. Verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk was just, you know, standing there waiting for God to tell him what the answer was. And the Lord gave him uh, all the answers to his other questions. God says, the vision is for an appointed time, and that time it will come to pass. And he said, it is confirmed. It's surely going to come. Everything that I'm telling you is going to come. It's going to come to pass. So you can trust in that. What I'm saying is going to come to pass. God then he put Habakkuk's worry at ease with this answer that the just will live by faith, will live by the trust in what was said. And then chapter three is an incredible showing of faith because now that Habakkuk knows what God's plan is, because he listened, he asked, and then he listened, and he's putting the trust in the Lord, now he can share in song and song. So that's what uh, chapter 3 is. Daniel, you want to read... Um, Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, please. Sure. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet among... <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, upon Shagainoth. I think I said that right. Yeah, it we'll, right. we'll just go with that. <laughs> Verse 2. Do you want to say it again? Oh, uh, no. Shagainoth. <laughs> Verse 2, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years that known, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk's prayer, the prophet for the doubters. He tells us in verse 6 about the destruction of Nineveh, um, but God's ways are everlasting. He was remembering that God led his people out of Egypt. That's what we talked about a while ago. In verse 13, he talks about Pharaoh and what happened to him as he was the king of Egypt. So he's remembering all these things that God did to lead his people out or all these things that God said have come to pass. So now... Um, Really, verse 16 through 19 is really the bread of what we want to talk about today. Because what he says in 16, When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. 
rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh up under the people, he will invade them with his troops. And now what's going to happen? The fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flocks are going to be cut off from the fold, and there should be no herd in the stalls. So all this stuff's happening. And what does Habakkuk say in verse 18? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon high places, mine high places, to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So all through these first part of this book, Habakkuk was trembling. He was quivering. There was a big discomfort that entered into his bones, and, and we all that have been discomforted know what that feels like. Although these things were happening in verse 17, you know, there's not going to be any fruit. There's not going to be any meat. Your, your flocks will be cut off. All these things. He says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. So you can see where his trust now is. Because there's all these things that's happening. A land's getting wiped out by uh, uh, the Babylonians. That's really corrupt. And But now Habakkuk has a trust in what God is saying. And now he's at a comfort and a peace. When he says, he will make my feet like hind feet of a deer. If you look at most of the deer's power is in its hind legs. They can stand on their hind legs and fight, and, and usually it's to gain dominion um, over their territory. They have a great leaping ability due to their hind legs, and they can move swiftly and escape danger. So he's going to have the power. He's going to have the strength because he trusts in the Lord now. And... Um, you know, it's just a, a beautiful story of how one that questioned God and didn't understand what was going on when he talked to God. And not only he talked to God, he listened to what the Lord had to say. Now he has trust. And in the trust that wasn't there before his approaching God and asking, help me understand what you're doing here. I'm confused. So even though we're confused and don't understand why, even when there seems to be no way, when you don't understand what is ahead or what the plan is, when you don't know how to proceed when you don't know what lies ahead, it requires trust, not knowing the end outcome, not knowing what's going to happen, but we have to trust in the Lord. And that's, you know, that's the whole thing of 
what this is about is trusting the name of God, trusting the Word of God, and trusting the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. And when we do those things, even though it's hard, you know, I can't put myself in, in Habakkuk's shoes <laughs> at a time that people was going to be destroyed by other corrupt people. But he says, I will take care of this. And I will save you if you trust me from all these things that are happening. And by the time you hear this podcast, the new year would already have hit. 2023 is already going to be here and a new year is upon us. <laughs> I don't know whoever's listening to this, how your 2022 is like all the struggles, hardships, trying to get by, worried about finances, worried about this, worried about that. Or fearful of what tomorrow will bring. I could tell you that there is a God that wants to know you. Amen. That there's a God that loves you. And that 2023, <laughs> you have a God who is there for you, who is your shield, who who leads you by still waters, who sets you in green pastures, who loves you so very much. He is the Abba Father. Yes. That wants that close, intimate relationship with you. And as we start the new year, there's no better way to start the new year than surrendering your, uh, our lives over to Jesus and having that intimate relationship. It's the greatest decision I've ever did. Amen to that. And it doesn't matter where you're at because when I surrendered my life, I was not anywhere near living my life for Christ and and in some aspects I'm still not I don't have to be perfect right. to surrender my life to him I don't have to have to have everything under control because that's the whole point of trusting because I don't have control and I don't want the control because I trust that he's going to lead me where I need to go And that's the glorious thing. There's freedom in that because I don't have to worry about where the money comes from. I don't have to worry about where, what I'm going to do the next day. I don't have to, I don't have to fear or how to support because I know that the Lord provides. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. Matthew 6, 33 tells us that. Yes. That he feeds the he feeds the sparrows. That the sparrows have food, and how much more that he cares for you. So as we go into 2023, there's no better way. No better way to start the new year off with saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I trust in you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, if in the story with Habakkuk, famine, uh, armies, enemies, whatever the case may be, that Lord, I know that you have a way and I'm going to trust in that. Yes. Closing comments, Daniel? A lot of the times we can't understand uh, the plans and what is coming. And that's why we just got to keep our trust up in the Lord. Yeah, you know, the enemy uses the flesh to, um, to make us uncomfortable and impatient. And when we allow that impatience, that's when we usually find ourselves in the biggest trouble um, in our trust because we lead on our own understanding and our own um, way. And then, you know, and then where does the blessing go? You know, because, you know, we talked about it earlier, but if we, if we don't trust him, what does he have to work with? He doesn't really have anything. But but I agree with Pastor Robert. You know, 2023, you know, I can tell you what I'm challenging myself with. And I, I challenge everyone with is to trust in the Lord. I know it's not easy, but when you, the more you know about the promises of God, the more you know, the closer relationship you have. Look, if I didn't have a relationship with you, it'd be hard to trust you, right? Mm -hmm. The closer that relationship is, the easier it is to put your trust in in that person or, or God. So 2023 is, is here. It's, we're staring it right in the face. And again, as when this is released, it'll be 2023. Let's don't worry about some cool new New Year's resolution for 2023. Because <laughs> those don't ever seem to make it past the first. When I mean, we joked about it in the beginning. Well, Delaney's pretty confident in this kickboxing. So <laughs> it, 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 may, it may come. It may be. But that one's okay. Because that one's going to, that one's going to help you physically. But, but there's a lot of New Year's resolutions out there that you got to question. Really? I mean, that's what you're putting your hope and trust in in, in the, the new year? There's some good New Year's resolutions. But, um, you know, most of them are just kind of a thing. Oh, I'm going to do this. And you don't make it past the first week. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge, right? Is... Trust his name 
trust his word and trust his son Jesus to lead you, to teach you, to comfort you in the time that you need it, to correct you in the time of your disobedience. You know, that discipline. That's what um, Pastor James on last week, right? We talked about the one thing he wants from God. God's discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, let it shape you when you need it. Put it all in him. And I'm telling you, hopefully you and I have the best 2023 that we've ever had when we learn to trust fully in God and we put it all in him and we give it all to him and we don't lay it down on New Year's Eve at at 12.01 a.m. on New Year's Day and we pick it back up at 6 p.m. that day and say, well, you know, I gave you six hours, God, but I'm taking it back. Mm -hmm. Leave it. Don't pick it up. Don't touch it because that's not trusting God. Mm-hmm. It's been a uh, great show. Um, I just want to learn from it. You know, I want to learn myself how this applies to me. And hopefully it's a blessing. Everyone, hopefully you can learn to trust God's word, to trust God's name above all. And trust his son, Jesus Christ, and give you a amazing 2023. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Happy New Year yes, happy to New everyone. Year. God bless. And um, we'll see you next time here on the Breaking Chains podcast. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Breaking Chains. Be sure to head on over to our website at breakingchains.me. That's breakingchains.me and see all the good things that's going on over there. If you need prayer, you can submit your prayer request over there as well. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and daily devotions so that you can receive everything that the Lord gives us to share with you. Until the next time, God bless us all with the strength to break those chains.